Here we go, Zen Parenting Radio. This is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Are you checking your phone? No, I just was seeing what time it was. You said we got to move, so I wanted to know what time I like it was. to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I know you do. Um, so Zen Parenting Radio, episode number 147. It's a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom. That's you, sweetie. It is. And a logical and practical dad, that's me. We have three daughters, ages 6, 8, and 10. Our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. And I'm going to read my quote, which I love, which needs repeating every week until I decide not. Okay. The best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. Who should we credit that to? Do you mm, know? Me. <laughs> well, it's I used that quote in my presentation I did last week because it really kind of sums up everything that we're trying to do. Um, we're going to talk about an article that I read, um, called giving trophy. I don't know what it was called, but basically it was about how this writer was not a big fan of everybody getting a trophy. Okay. And, uh, so we're going to kind of let that lead into a discussion of, um, trophies and awards and failure and. Well, cause I think it, on a previous show, it's probably been a while, maybe a year, but we talked about trophies, but I, I hope where we go this week is a little more about, um, why it's not really such a big issue, why the, really the, the issue is more about self-worth and about what we're doing at home and about how we frame things. Mm-hmm. When we frame it a certain way, then yeah, it can be a challenge. But if you just frame it in a different way, it doesn't have to be such an issue. Well, let me start with my judgment hat. Okay, put it am, on. I'm wearing my Zen Parenting Radio Visor that can also be a judgment hat. Oh, okay. What drives me crazy is the uh, parents who are so firm in their belief system that uh, they get mad that everybody gets a trophy. Well, can I just broaden that a little bit? Sure. I think it's really hard to be with anyone who's so firm in their belief system that they can't see and understand and be compassionate for other people's situation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you can't have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Opinions are very important because you're expressing the way you see the world. But a very important um, piece of living in our world and being connected to each other is having a open enough mind or what we like to talk about, having a bit of an empty cup so you can see – and feel other people's experience. Right. So, um, and I guess that would lead me to be open to their firm beliefs of them getting mad that everybody gets trophies. Well, yeah. I mean, in some ways you have to, instead of being open to their, to it, you could say, I accept it and I'm not going to struggle against it, but at the same, accept it, not condone it, but say, I, it's not my job to change you. We were just talking about that, weren't we, you and I? I don't know. Yeah, we were talking about the fact that, gosh, who were we listening to? Um, oh, it was Don Miguel from The Four Agreements. I, was I wasn't showing, listening to that. Well, let me just say this, that um, I was listening to one of his interviews. I was showing my college class. We were talking about The Four Agreements and about how when people say about taking things personally, which is the second agreement. If you haven't read the book, it's called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. The second agreement is about don't take anything personally. And what we tend to do is when someone either isn't on the same page as we are or someone says something about us, we take it all as if it's all about us Mm -hmm. and that we need to somehow change that other person. And it is not our job to change people, nor should we think that we have any right to. That's their responsibility. What we can do is share who we are. Mm Where we get into trouble is when we shut down and we stop sharing because we're afraid other people won't agree. Right. Because then we're not expressing ourselves. Mm-hmm. So do you, does, do you feel the difference between those things? A little bit. A little, okay. So I want to be the dad who has this opinion. Okay. So I'm putting that hat on. Okay. When I was little, the only 
people who got trophies were the winners, were the teams who came in first place. Mm-hmm. And now we're giving all of these kids trophies merely for participating. And because of that, they have no drive to succeed because everybody's getting a trophy. And I think that's the big leap mm-hmm. is the because of this, it means this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's true. Right. I think that we are focusing too much on because of the medals or because of the trophies, this is what's happening. It's all about how it's framed. And you know what I was thinking about this morning, Todd? Have you ever run a marathon? Yes. And you and I have done triathlons together. Yes. Did you get a medal? Yes. So did I. Now, you finished way ahead of, of me. and I Way ahead of you. <laughs> and you did. And there were lots of people who did. But guess what? I completed it. Mm-hmm. I participated and I got a medal. Right. Is that any different than a bunch of kids participating in a soccer you know, I don't think game? it's different. I think it's uh, to be that dad again, I will say, yes, but we are adults now and we know the difference between winning and losing. <laughs> right. Whereas these kids, so if, everybody, <laughs> if everybody gets a trophy, then they're not going to understand the difference between winning and losing. And see, here's the thing. We, we could go at this a bunch of different ways, but I'll just speak to being very literal with this dad. On that team, there are kids who do very well, who have a great degree of excellence at that sport. Who are better at it. Who are better at it. And there are other kids who are doing the best they can with what they... With, with what they have to give, but they can never rise to the level that another child does. Who suck at it. Well, you're being extreme. I mean, I know. suck is strong, but I'll, I hear you. So I guess the thing is, is that if a child is going out there and they have limited abilities mm-hmm. um, in this sport, but they're still giving their best, mm-hmm. is, should they not be acknowledged for doing that? Now, what I'm saying, my point in that is, is that child who is excellent is going to persevere and they're going to continue and they will probably be recognized and put on other teams mm-hmm. and continue. So it's not like that person is getting any less. Right. It's not like, okay, because we, it's us being over um You're saying obsessed. the kids who are really good at it know they're good yeah. at it and are getting fulfilled because of it. In other ways. And, and the and, kids who aren't, if they want to get better, they need to practice and, and whether or not there's a trophy or not. They can That's figure irrelevant. Out, yeah, it is irrelevant. That's what you kept saying to me last night when we started talking well, about it. Well, it's an irrelevant conversation. I feel like we're missing – it's like the thing that we stay stuck on on the surface level mm-hmm. where we have to decide whether or not we have trophies. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, And again, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be offensive if someone really has a strong belief system about that. But all we're trying to help our kids with is to understand – help them have an understanding of – Um, going out there and trying new things and feeling good about giving their best effort and um, being okay if something like, you know, if a kid does soccer for a year or two and is like, you know what, I don't seem to be increasing my ability, but everyone else seems to be getting better. Maybe this isn't where I'm supposed to be. And getting a trophy for that or not, it doesn't mean anything. Well, it's weird because I don't know if I'm going to make your point or hurt your point, but our daughters get trophies for being in soccer. Right. And they love it. And they put it on their desk and... What's wrong with that? Well, and, and, and our daughters are not the best on the team. Exactly. And at the same time, they also use those trophies as obstacle course when they are doing bikes. Mm-hmm. Like the, a couple of weeks ago, or this is probably a month ago, but Cameron and Skyler brought out all their trophies and they were like going around them with their bikes. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is that it was fun to get. It was mm-hmm. recognition for what they did, right. but they don't look at that trophy as a piece of who they are. Right. And that's what I'm trying to say is, is it's nice. It's fun. It's got, you know, it's like, oh, look what I participated in. It right. gives you a sense of ownership, but it's not who you are. And the and the problem with the only one person can win mm-hmm. situation. Or one team. 
or one team, which I know is what our, uh, you know, professional athletics is based on. I know that. But the problem with that at a really young level is that it, it, it isolates. It's like only one person mm-hmm. is the best and everybody else is not acknowledged. And to be that dad again, say, yeah, that's the way the world works. There but, are winners and losers. And see, and I don't agree with that's the way the world works. Right. I think that we all have, not everybody can be the best at soccer, but everybody can be the best at something. And what I mean is not an activity necessarily, but everybody has a skill and a talent. And what our kids need to do when they're young, my this is my opinion, is try a lot of things mm-hmm. and experience things and kind of push through on discomfort sometimes and also let go of certain things. You know, a lot of parents will say, well, that's quitting. Well, sometimes it's not what they're supposed to be doing anymore. They should let go of things so they can figure out what feels right to them. Yeah, try a bunch of new things. Try a bunch of new things. And and we get too focused now where kids are starting sports at three or four years old and we're forcing them to stay in it Mm -hmm. because we want them to get a scholarship or something. And our kids aren't able to expand their horizons and experience new things. I was going to play this earlier, but this is from NBC Nightly News, my guy Brian Williams. Yeah, your male crush? Yeah, my male crush. And just listen to this. It's about a minute long. They picked up bats at age two. Then- oh, I got to set it up. It's about a uh, organization called IMG Academy, where they, um, uh, where parents pay IMG to send their kids to a board, an athletic boarding school, basically. Right. So instead of just regular boarding school, the backdrop is athletics. Okay, okay. that's the deal. Cool, and th- it does a lot of different things, but that's what this is talking about. Okay. It was Little League, which led to personal trainers and elite camps. It's a lot. It's a big sacrifice. Now, Kayla Ravello um, and her husband shuttle between New Jersey and Florida every few weeks so they can work, but also visit their sons, who are in their third year at IMG Academy, an elite boarding school and athletic training compound. Roughly $48,000 for baseball tuition, 18000 for school tuition, 10000 more for travel and a summer league. Total annual price tag for each son, more than $70,000. Academics, while important, take a back seat. Eric and Michael spend nearly five hours a day on a field or in a weight room. All of that money doesn't just buy you private coaching or strength and agility training. You also get access to cutting-edge sports performance technology. Like this device, adapted from Air Force fighter pilot training to help young athletes strengthen eye muscles. It's all designed to give kids an edge at an early age. Some here are as young as eight. We don't want all of children's identities to be wrapped up in one specific activity. Experts also warn some parents push their kids to chase their dreams with little guarantee. According to the NCAA, just half of 1% of high school baseball players ever put on a professional uniform. The Feliz family knew the odds before spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, but they see it as an investment. If the ultimate place for them in baseball is to play for a wonderful college team and have a great experience and get their degree, it will have all paid off. If there's something more after that, so be it. So that's the gist. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, sweetie pie? Well, I mean, I, I guess I I just don't. I, <laughs> I'm a little speechless. I guess I just don't know if um, 
I'm not quite sure what their intention is. Like they do, they're saying if they can go play baseball and have a good okay. experience. I'm, I'm going to help you out. Well, I guess my thought, I'm, I'm trying wrapped around the fact that they're saying if they can go play baseball and go to college and have a good experience, then it all paid off. And there's no question about what that child wants to do or what they could do. The parent's going to say, I asked my kids, they want to do this. They want to become, and in the beginning of the story, they talk about how they want to play for the Yankees and this is well, what, the path what to do that. little boy doesn't want to play for the Yankees? I don't. Yankees blow. Well, you want to play for be, the White Sox. Oh, sorry. Get it straight. Sorry. I would never play for the Yankees. Okay. I, I, I understand. So I, not specific to this couple because who knows? Actually, what she said at the end was, my, you know, pretty redeeming in my opinion. Like it's, if, something happens after that, that's great. Whereas there's a lot of crazy parents out there that say, my kid needs to be a professional or something right. like that. So I just, you know, we always talk about balance on the show. And this, generally speaking, I think that these parents might have their priorities a little bit out of whack. Well, I guess it's it's confusing for me because they live in New Jersey and their kids are in Florida. Boarding school. Yeah. And that's kind of where... They send their kids to Florida to go to school. Yeah. And to also play baseball. You know what? Instead of – here's why I, I keep having problems with my words. Instead of judging them, I don't like doing me against them or like they're wrong and we're right. The only thing I can say is that I feel like the whole intention of you know parenting and what we're doing at these early ages is to connect with our children, remind them of, of who they are, um, and when I say that, to continue to – um, allow them to grow and thrive and support them no matter what they're doing, um, to love them, to offer them tools, to um, give them a sense of grounding. And when, with that belief system in mind, this is challenging for mm-hmm. me. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't know these people. I don't know their history and I don't know their boys. I just know that um, that there will be a time when our children are going to leave us mm-hmm. and they it will be a natural process, a natural evolution. And I will have hoped that they will have had enough time in our home and we've given them enough uh, through role modeling and through connection that they feel confident about going into the world. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if these kids... Are they getting that by going to a baseball boarding yeah, school? Yeah. Well, and I think we could do a whole show on this. We have other ideas of where we want the show to go on, go in, but well, I thought it was kind of relevant to it is relevant. what we were talking about. And I guess my other thing is, what if these kids... I mean, you know, the, the therapist who made a comment in the middle of that, who said, you know, you don't want these kids to have their entire idea identity wrapped up in baseball. How can they not? Right. They have if no choice. They have no to. choice because everything about who they are is based on how well they do in baseball. So you're creating a competitive situation. Even there. if the parent says, I love it's you no, no matter deal. what you do and all that, the bottom line is you're sending your kids to a different part of the country to go learn how to play baseball and become, I'm sure the school, I mean, the school's expensive. I bet you the teachers are amazing. Well, they, didn't they just say that education takes a back seat? That's well, where that's I what the guy said. That's what the guy said. Okay. I just thought, okay. Um, so anyways, I want, so we're going to transition this discussion into uh, embracing failure for okay. our kids. But before that, will you talk about our first partner, Helping Hands Maid Services? I sure. <laughs> What are you laughing at? Because of the way you say it. Even though you're right, because their their website is helpinghandsmadeservices.com. You're right. 630-530-1324. Life is too short to clean your own home. You deserve your free time, which Todd and I agree with that. So if you have never used Helping Hands um, and you give them a call and tell them you listen to Zen Parenting, you get $25 off your first service and they should be coming in the next couple of weeks. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Because it's time. Do you like this song? 
never did I like this song, but it reminds me of a period of my life. <laughs> Not when I was a loser, but when this was popular. It's got a beat. It's Beck. He's an interesting man. So... I'm a loser, baby, so why don't you kill me? All right. So I think that was one of the anthems for our Generation X. That, <laughs> yeah. that and Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. So anyways, I put that in there because, um, first of all, I'm going to give you a pop quiz in a little bit. Oh, boy. You're like putting me on the spot a lot today. I know. That's because I'm the main guy and you're like the talker. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but the, the whole, you idea- you're the main guy. You mean you're the interviewer and I'm the interviewee. Well, I'm the producer. Oh, I'm you are the producer. Remember that part in swingers where T and Mike, Mike t- say those girls, Oh, I'm a producer. And they're like, Ooh, like they get all impressed. <laughs> totally. so Wait, I but say he I'm says, a- Mikey says he's a comedian. Um, doesn't T say he's a producer? T says he's a producer. And I think Mike says that. He, she said, she starts asking him questions that he doesn't know the answers to. Right. Like, oh, who's your agent? He's like, oh, I'm, I, I'm in between agents. He's like, well, who was your agent before? And he's like, doesn't have any questions. Poor Mikey. He's stuck in his lie. I know. Um, so anyways, embracing failure. It's funny. I Googled it and it said how to um, help your children. And then, you know, Google will fill it in and say, you know, embracing and it'll just say success. There was no failure. <laughs> failure. So um, I want to have a discussion about um, how we need to do it, why it's important, examples of historical figures of um, people who failed and ended up changing the world after it. Yeah. And I think that the first thing we have to do is, as we're talking about failures, we have to have a paradigm shift with it. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is when we talk failure, everyone's like, yeah, how do we avoid that? That's not what Todd and I are talking about here. We have to accept that failure and the word just carries this heavy energy for people, but that's the shift I want everyone to you know, experience is a failure is very normal. And failure is part of the creative process and failure is a part of um, figuring out who we are and failures is all about trying new things and taking risks, which we should be doing as adults. We get way too comfortable and we should be asking our kids to. And when I say taking risks, I don't mean jumping out of planes. Mm -hmm. I mean, go ahead and try out for that team. Go ahead and try out for that play. Go ahead and, um, you know, and speak to that kid that you don't know, like jump if we can help them understand that on the other side of that risk regardless of what happens either they make the team or they don't that they're still fine mm-hmm. that they're still that the self-worth can still be intact then our kids are much more likely to be creative and think out of the box well and our kids are 10 8 and 6 and i think if we can get them to understand this now yes it is such a gift yes and, you know, like Cameron was all stressed out today because she had to present in front of her class. Yes. And what words of advice did you give to well, her? Well, you know, she and I have these conversations a lot because she she's panicked. very... She is not a big fan of getting up And when I was class. a kid, I wasn't either because I carried a lot of the same things that she did about, um, you know, you just kind of want to be peace. Mm-hmm. You don't want to like push it too far. You don't want to have to put yourself out there that much, which is ironic now because I feel like I do that a lot. But that's that's kind of a work in progress through your life. And my, you know, the things for her that I tell her is normalizing it. 
I understand why you feel that way. I just had to give a presentation last week and I get that feeling in my stomach too. But it's not about how to not do it. Mm -hmm. It's how to walk through it and know who you're going to be at the other side. Which is the same beautiful person. Exactly. That Cameron, do you understand when you're done and you come home, nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. Regardless of the outcome, regardless of, you know, what's happening, when you come home, this is all the same and you are not only the same, you're better for it Mm -hmm. because you know that you can walk through it. Well, there's two layers to this. The one is the parenting layer. And what I mean by that is, Cameron, we are still going to love you whether or not you screw up this presentation right. or it's the best presentation ever. It doesn't matter. And and I want to be you know be clear because we often say things like that to our kids. I'll still love you when mm-hmm. you come home, maybe even more than love. Like when you come home, your room will still be here. Yeah. Your home will still be here. We're still going to have dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. Things Life will move on and you will be fine because that's the thing about failures. We feel like something's going to stop or it'll mean something about who we are. Mm-hmm. And so it's like sometimes when we just say, well, I'll love you, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like we talked about last week. What is love? Right. You know, it, it's, we got to show it in action. Right. Um, you're going to look up what is love, How'd aren't you? Know you? That? <laughs> Just because I said, what is love? Um, but like Skylar said something this morning too, where she said, um, I, when I'm standing in line at kindergarten and I know we have centers, I get really nervous. What is, right? <laughs> what is, wrong? is this the Saturday Night Live thing? Where they bob their head. It's got to be one of the worst songs of all time, isn't it's it? It's not. It's terrible. Not. It's not an awful song. It's funny. It is an awful song. It's not. Chad doesn't like dance music. I'm he glad like, we agreed on that. He, he missed the whole boat on why dance music is fun. Why? What dance song do you like? Do you like any dance songs? Um, I like the Bee Gees. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Are they dance? Well, yeah, from like when you were like two. Yeah. That's all good. No. I should pull up the Bee Gees. Like, you know, you, sometimes I play things for you or I'm in the car and, you know, when I have the music really loud, I'm like, this is just a great song. And you're like, this is awful. Here's a difference. There's like dance music and then there's like good music you can dance to. Like Madonna. I love Madonna. Would you consider her dance music? Some of it. See, I think she's just, she has good music. What about the song like Rhythm is a Dancer? What's that That one? actually came on the other night when, I think it was on Friday night. And I was like, man, this is... This is what we used to dance to in college. This was like a... I'm sure there's some songs I like. I know. Or, you know, we used to dance to... Really loud. It's a great song. No, this is a bad song. (laughs) Who's Rhythm and why is he a dancer? Rhythm. I don't understand why it's called Rhythm as a dancer either. I gotta be honest, but I really liked it in college. Okay, can I move on with what I was saying? Sure. Okay. Skyler was saying this morning that she was, when she said, when I stand in line at kindergarten, I get nervous about centers. And she said, but then I go in and do it. And I, I don't remember what she said. She said something about. Then I like it or that, something. She like said that. something like that. Something redeeming yeah. about the experience. And that's, and that is, you know, last week, you guys, when we were talking about you guys, meaning who's listening right now, when we were talking about the difference between Pahad and Yura. Yes. Yura is that feeling she's having where she's standing in line. She knows she's going to walk into a situation where she's going to have to push herself a little bit, where she's going to have to walk through fear, where she's becoming bigger than she was five minutes prior. That's Yura. If you do not allow yourself to walk through that fear, if you do not, like with, with Cameron, if we were like, well, let's just call the teacher and ask her to not make you present because you're too nervous. Okay. That's where we're harming our kids. Right. We have to... And again, I wouldn't force her to do things. I wouldn't create situations where she has to Mm -hmm. go and present because then I'm being inauthentic. Sometimes I do that, and I'll give you an example. When? Like we go to – we're going to Portillo's, and I'll say, okay, order your food. Well, but that's real life. 
I know. Do you know what I mean? I don't. That's not a. I'm going to put you on a stage and make you talk to people just because I think you should. And I know it's no like people might be laughing like, oh, big deal. And you know, when your kid's born, you order food for them every single time, right? And then eventually it gets to the point where, hey, time for you to order your own food, right? And um, you know, JC's ten, no problem. Cameron's eight. She's probably she feels a little most anxious. Of the time. Skyler wouldn't do it, you know, at all if she's six, right? So, anyways. I, I well, broke and I your actually mojo. like no, that's good. I like see those are real life situations. Now at the same time, there has been times like where JC sat down and said, "Will you just order for me?" And I'll be like, "Sure," mm-hmm. because ninety two percent of the time she's she ordering for it. herself. Right. And my point in saying that is, we don't have to get hung up on I have to make my kids order for themselves. Like mm-hmm. they every so often they should be doing that, and that should be something normal because they have the ability. Because right. our job is to help our kids take ownership of their own lives, right. right? But if your child is exhausted or not feeling good or just is in one of those moods, oh, big deal. Big what? That's the, that's the balance. That's the room to breathe. Well, what I was going to say, there's two different layers to it. The one is just making sure that our kids know that everything is going to be just the same after they experience whatever they're trying to experience, like Cameron's little presentation right. thing. But the other layer to it is the true fear that she has in that moment. And I guess that it's okay to have those feelings Absolutely. instead of convincing her not to feel that way. And I'm not saying that we did that, but many times you're like, well, what are you afraid of? It's just your friends you're talking. You know, we can so minimize the experience because we have done it. Good word. Minimize where we look at things through an adult brain right. or with through adult eyes and we somehow discredit them and mm-hmm. say, you're ridiculous or, well, I had to do it, so you have to do it. Like normalization and validation is so essential it doesn't let them off the hook. It just gives them a sense of feeling normal. Right. You know, a sense of feeling what I'm feeling right now is typical. Because the worst thing we can do to our child is have them feel that they're somehow not like us. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, I never got nervous. It doesn't matter if you did or not. Just allow them to have that feeling. She can have that feeling and go give a presentation. And when she's done with that presentation, she's going to be a little stronger for it. Right. You know what I mean? She did it. She did it. But, um, you know, it's just one of those situations where we just have to hear them mm-hmm. and quit telling them why they shouldn't feel that way. Okay. Very good. Um, we- can, I, can I say something else about failure? Sure. And then I'm going to play a little clip. Okay. Um, did you want me to talk about Tree of Life really yes, quick? Yes, I do. Uh, ChiroTree.com, Tree of Life. Dr. Kelly is our chiropractor. Um, she's having an ear infections workshop on November 12th. It's at 1030. That's a.m., I assume, Toddy? Check. Because <laughs> nighttime would be a little yeah, late. Yeah, it'd be a little late for an ear infection <laughs> workshop. Sorry, that was really kind of silly. Um, <laughs> Sorry to put the a.m. next to it. <laughs> So anyway, Dr. Kelly, um, her ear infections workshop, she does them actually quite often because I don't think people have an understanding of the connection Mm -hmm. and that if you have a child who has chronic ear infections, chiropractic is one of those ways to get your child back in alignment where those don't happen as repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, ear infections, November 12th, 1030. And if you'd like to get in touch with Dr. Kelly, her number is 630-941-8733. Healthy families by choice, not by chance. I'm going to do a selfish promotion here for a second. Okay. This Friday, we are going to be featuring a local artist, musician, Jerry O'Keefe. Yes. And he's going to talk about, um, we're going to ask him how to balance his passion, which is music, and the real world of being a dad and being an employee and being a husband and everything else. Right. And it's going to be really good. We actually already taped it and I have a clip of it. And also just his musical influences. Yeah, Van Halen and the Monkees and... Yeah, Jerry's interesting. You guys will enjoy this. It's a fun... So you're going to play a clip? Yeah, okay, but go ahead. selfishly, it's a lot of me in this clip. Oh, I'm shocked by that. <laughs> 
Along song of all time is Cheer Up Sleepy Jean. Daydream Believer. Daydream, Daydream Believer. Believer. Daydream Believer. And maybe yeah. you can even sing a, a play a few chords of that. <laughs> and I'll sing. You will. Yeah, I'll sing. All right. Okay, let's you, do it. You know, okay. Let's, all right. Well, I, can, uh, do you need to think about it? or I, I, you, No, I'm going to play it and I want you right. to, to just sing. Do you need, do, it, am so. I, do I have to sing too? Well, I might make up some of the words because I don't know them all. <laughs> so we could start you off and okay, then you okay. can just run with right. it. So it's Very a, okay, here we go. Oh, I could hide. Neat the wind. Oh, Okay, first of is all. That, is that a Zen parenting first? I first have to say that was not Jerry Todd O'Keefe. Yep. That was Todd Adams. That was, that Damn was actually. Right. Damn right. <laughs> What'd you think? Um, you just hit the high note. That's oh. all I have to say. Oh, I hit it. And I will re-say, because I said it on the show, that was not Jerry O'Keefe. He was playing the guitar. But that was Todd Adams. It sure was. So that show will be played on Friday, part this of Friday. the Conversations with People We Love uh, speaker series. Our second installment of the speaker <laughs> series. So uh, this is a quick uh, audio clip regarding famous people who have failed. Ooh, I love this. Dismissed from drama school with a note that read, wasting her time, she's too shy to put her best foot forward. Who do you think? Who? Uh, um, One guess. Drama now. school. Um, you won't guess it. Okay. Who's Lucille Ball. Well, interesting. Turned down by the Decca recording company who said, we don't like their sound and guitar music is on the way out. The Beatles. Check. Yes. A failed soldier, farmer, and real estate agent. At 38 years old, he went to work for his father as a handyman. Who was that? Well, I thought it was... I thought it was going to be Abraham Lincoln. Ulysses S. Grant. Oh, from Galena, Illinois. That's where we got married. That's right. Cut from the high school basketball team. He went home, locked himself in his room, and cried. Michael Jordan? Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Mm. A teacher told him he was too stupid to learn anything, and he should go into a field where he might succeed by virtue of his pleasant personality. Uh, Albert Einstein? That's what I was going to guess. Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison. Fired from a newspaper because he lacked imagination and had no original ideas. Fired from a newspaper, no original idea. Oh, you told me. Um, Walt Disney. Correct. His fiance died. He failed in business twice. He had a nervous breakdown and he was defeated in eight elections. Uh, that's Abraham Lincoln. That's correct. I think that was the last one. No. If you've never failed, you've never lived. Check that. So check that. So I, I did that because I think it's a cool thing, and then I also think it's important to communicate this message to your children. These famous people who have changed the world started out by failing, 
and that failing, it, you know, obviously you can have the comparison between other people, but that we're supposed to have failures. The thing is, is as parents, we um, we struggle with failure so much that our children don't see us try new things and maybe not have a good outcome. We get into this comfort zone where we will not allow ourselves to try something new or do something that maybe we don't know we're 100% perfect at. And so our kids don't see us reaching out of the box. And so sometimes this has to be a role modeling thing. And we also need to understand that it is, again, I'm using the word creativity because you can't be creative without accepting failure. The whole concept of creativity is doing something different that's never been done. And so with that in mind, you know, I will say one thing that kind of makes me laugh about myself. I have this file on my computer called flyers. Okay. And I have made so many flyers. Lots of flyers. For engagement, you know, classes. Workshops. Um, workshops. And I, I would say there's a vast majority of those flyers that either A, the class never got going because no one signed up, or B, got going and nobody showed up. Yes. My point in saying that is you have to – it doesn't then make me go, well – you know, I suck and that's the end of the story. It's like, how can I go in a different direction from this? What can I learn from this? What did it, you know, what do I know? And so I guess we just have to be open to that. And when our children are doing something new, when they come home and maybe didn't have the outcome that they expected or that maybe you expected to cut them a break and, and normalize it and don't make it into such a big deal and tell them that you hope they fail many more times yeah. because it'll remind them and it'll let you know that they are reaching and, and searching for their own personal greatness. You ready for your quiz? Okay, let's go. Um, first of all, I'm probably gonna have to give you some hints because some of them are easy. It's basically the same thing. I'm just gonna read from some other famous people, oh, okay. but I'm not gonna say their name. Okay. In his early years, he gave up on having a medical career and was often chastised by his father for being lazy and too dreamy. He himself wrote, I was considered by all my masters and my father a very ordinary boy, rather below the common standard of intellect. That would probably be Einstein. Another good guess. Um, think theory of evolution. Oh, Darwin. Charles Darwin. Come on. This next one. Um, despite leaving no written records behind, he is regarded as one of the greatest philosophers of the classical era. Because of his new ideas, in his own time, he was called an immoral corrupter of youth and was mm. sentenced to death. He did not let this stop him and kept right on teaching until he was forced to poison himself. Okay. I want to, it wasn't like Emerson or Thoreau or something. No, this like is that. no written. What think, think nothing. Written. Think ancient Greece. Socrates. There you go. Socrates. Socrates. <laughs> Famous in uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. That's right. Good job, sweetie. Thank you're you. you're kind of two for two. Okay. This Nobel Prize winning, twice elected prime minister of the United Kingdom wasn't always as well regarded as he is today. He struggled in school and failed the sixth grade. After school, he faced many years of political failures as he was defeated in every election for public office until he finally became the prime minister at the ripe old age of 62. Um, Churchill? Wow, said with confidence. Well, I'm, I have a picture of him in my head, but I just went Winston Churchill. That's correct. Oh, good. Nice job. Thank you. You're doing very well. Thank you. The first time this young comedian walked on stage at a comedy club, he looked out at the audience, froze, and was eventually jeered and booed off the stage. He knew he could do it, so he went back the next night, completed his set of laughter and applause, and the rest is history. Uh, two people in my head, either Robin Williams or Jim Carrey. Eh, eh. Jerry Seinfeld. 
Oh, interesting. We just heard a good interview with him and Alec yes. Baldwin. That was good. During his lifetime, he sold only one painting, and this was to a friend and only for a very small amount of money. While he was never a success during his life, he plugged on with painting, sometimes starving to complete his over 800 known works. Today, they bring in hundreds of millions. Picasso? Think ear. Oh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, ga, ga, ah, I can't think of ga, it. Ga. Uh, it starts with a V. Van Gogh. Vincent Van Gogh. Thank Very you. good. I was thinking go. His comic strip had been endur- has had enduring fame, yet this cartoonist had every cartoon. Charles Schultz. Oh, very good. Thank you. I'll finish it up. So, uh, he submitted rejected by his high school yearbook staff. Even after high school, he didn't have it easy applying and being rejected for a position working with Walt Disney. Wow. So Walt Disney, he's on both sides of this one. Well, and you know, this may be on that list um, that you're reading to me, but that's a big thing about J.K. Rowling, too, is that she submitted um, Harry Potter She's to... coming up, sweetie. Oh, Don't mess sorry. up my mojo. Sorry, sorry. Um, Are you going to do like 10 more of these? Because I want to talk more about there's it. There's four more, okay. and then we'll move on. Okay. We have about 10 minutes left okay. to show. The first book by this author received 30 rejections, finally causing him to okay. give up and throw it in the trash. His wife fished it out and encouraged him to resubmit it, and the rest is history. He now has hundreds of books published, published the distinction of being one of the best-selling authors of all time. I have no idea. Think scary. Oh, Stephen King. Very good. Interesting. How about that? His wife fished it out yeah, of the trash. Yeah. It sounds like something a movie's made out of. Well, in Shawshank, remember when uh, oh, um, yeah. he fishes out his tests? And Tim Robbins fishes Tim Robbins, it out. And then he ends up getting his GED, but then he gets shot. Yeah. That's too bad. <laughs> um, we'll skip J.K. Rowling and we'll do, uh, we'll skip that one. All right, we'll skip the rest. So what do you think? So I think that's kind of the whole point is I think we get very hung up on things like who's the best and who's winning and, and making sure we don't lose and making sure we don't look stupid. And the truth is, is we've got to try a lot of things and be willing to fail to find our greatness. And that we have to, even though it's not like failure is going to be super comfortable, I would never say, oh, you know, it's great. You know, I love it. But we've got to have an acceptance and a surrender to it. Surrender is a good word because you need to know that it's going to suck. Right. But at the end, something good always comes out of well, it. Well, it's kind of like the having your an emotional experience, right? We're always fighting our tears or fighting our anger and we're fighting against it. And if we just surrender to it, then just like the Louis C.K. thing, mm-hmm. if you just allow the emotion to come through, you're going to release it and you're going to be better on the other side of it. But we fight. We're so... You know, to use Brene Brown's language, we have such a coat of armor on where we're trying to show everybody that we're cool all the time, that we are, you know, we got it together, that we're perfect, that we've never failed. And the truth is, is everybody fails. And I, the people I love being around are people who are willing to put themselves out there. Mm Mm-hmm. People who are willing to say, you know, I'm going to do this. And I'll say, how are you going to do this? And they'll be like, I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just going to try new things until I figure it out. Right. But they have, a, they have clarity of intention. They know, what the, they know their gift. The bottom line is none of us have it together. No. Yet we think other people have it together. That's right. And they don't. That's right. So if we know that, it'll give us the license, the determination to go ahead and... Well, who... 
the like I just said, who do we like to be around? We like to be around people who are themselves, who have ups and downs, who express, you know, maybe a failure they've had or they try something and it doesn't work. And at the same time, they have things that work really well. We like being around those people, yet we pretend we're not those kind of people. We pretend that we're doing everything perfectly and that we have no kinks in our armor. And that it, and the thing is, is that that's just a really stifling and suffocating way to live. First of all, because it's not true. You know, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. And number two, because then you're you're not willing to take risks and you're not willing to say something new or you're not willing. And this doesn't have to be about becoming Thomas Edison. Like you and I in our relationship, there are sometimes things that are scary for me to say to you and it take it's like risk taking to jump into the unknown and say I don't know how Todd's going to react to this but I'm going to say it right. and that is just as important in the small as it is in the big. Did you say kinks in my armor? <laughs> is it kinks? It's not the other word. I can't. Chinks in your armor. It is. I think so. I don't like that word. I know you think that's a racial slur. I but do. In this case, I think that that's exactly what it is. Well, and talk about you just said a wonderful sixty second thing, and all you've been thinking about is slamming me for that. <laughs> <laughs> Not shocking. Rari, Rorge. But so, what about this? Okay. I'm very important. Uh, <laughs> I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. I, I'm friends with Merlin Olson, too. He <laughs> comes over on occasion. Um, so, cause we wanted to talk about narcissism and right. we haven't even gotten to it and we have to close in like seven minutes. Oh, that's crazy. So what is it about? What, what's the whole? Well, I think that the reason that I wanted to bring narcissism in is it kind of connect. We did a show a couple of weeks ago about self-compassion. We're talking about self-worth. We're talking about failure and we're talking about self-esteem as well. All these things, cause they're all different things. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of put them all into one, but the truth is, is that narcissism comes when we are telling our children that they are better than everybody else. When we are telling our children untruths about themselves, like when they are, you know, playing a sport and we're like, you're the best one out there. And that's obviously not true. Versus self-worth is you're out there, you're doing what you got to do. Are you having a good time? Are, you know, are you feeling, are you enjoying it? Like that's about helping them feel good about their experience rather than you need to be better. So this Saturday, JC played goalie in the oh, soccer game. Perfect example. She hates goalie. She <laughs> went out there anyways because the coach asked her to do it. She got scored on not twice, three times. No, twice. Three times. Are you sure? Almost positive. My question yeah, to you, uh, three times. <laughs> My question to you is, what did you say to her when she came off well, the field? Well, here was the crazy thing about that. JC told me before she went out to play, she said, I don't have to play goalie today. And I said, okay, good. Then you don't need to think about it because she's always worried about playing goalie. So I looked down the field at one point. I was messing with something with Skylar. And there was this ball that was almost kicked in. And the goalie blocked it away with her arms. It was like a tough move, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, who is that playing goalie? And it was JC. And it was awesome like and then she was like moving around with her hands on her legs you know what i mean yeah. like she was like ready and she was, feeling it. she was feeling it and it just so happened that um that at during that quarter or is, is it quarter yeah Am I using the right word 
they were down at that end of the field the whole time. Her so she was blocking the ball. Her defense was not helping her out. Well, yeah, it was one of those things where it was constantly at the goal. And we were playing a team that was better than us, yeah. bottom line. Yeah, they won. But bottom line is, is that at the same time, two very contradictory things were true. She got, if you say it was three, she got scold, scored on three times, but she also blocked about seven mm. and looked like a goalie. Yeah, so when good. she got off the field, I said, honey, I know this is going to be hard to, <laughs> to hear right now, but that was the best I have ever seen you play goalie. Mm. And that was an authentic... Because I wouldn't have said that at previous Because that games. was true. She was played true. her butt off. Like, I couldn't have stopped two of those three Do, shots. She, remember that one she caught between her legs? Yeah. Like, it was cool. And the thing is, is I don't care that you didn't win. I don't care that other goals got in. You, I saw you rise to that challenge today, where on other days, you're kind of like, ah, when do I get through this? And that was not what I was seeing. So... That's exactly, that's a perfect example of, do you call that a success or a failure? I don't feel like we need to label it at mm. all. I just knew that if I were to say to her, you know, everybody else was sucking, it wasn't about you, you know, if I were to blame other people or to um, to tell her that she was better than everybody else and that wasn't true, then you're creating a narcissistic kind of viewpoint. Right. You know what I mean? I do. Or you're trying to build up their self-esteem instead of build up their sense of worth. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between the two. So that's a whole nother, I just, I know we don't have a lot of time. Um, I'm going to give you um, any a chance. Another quiz? No. <laughs> what about Avid? Yeah, let's talk about Avid. Okay. And then if there's something else you want to cap off the show. Avid, uh, you should go look at Avid's website because our house is on it. Mm -hmm. um, it's at avidcode.net, uh, 6309 1800. Avid. Avid does painting, remodeling, um, new kitchens, new bathrooms, kitchens, new bathrooms, basements. any fire damage, anything like that. They do so, um, or water on. damage. And so, when they're in the Chicagoland area, so give them a call 630 956 1800. Very good. What were you going to say? Um, no, I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, I thought you could give me another quiz. N um, no, I, I want to do the tournament of bad. Okay. But first, I got to do my drop. Tournament of bad. Tournament of bad. So, um, very simple. I don't know if you have one reserved. I think I know which one you're going to say because I agree. Um, I don't think so because mine is the word won't. Oh, okay. What's, what's up with won't? Wouldn't. It's would not. But would. Or no, no, it's not. Will no. not. It's usually the apostrophe stands for one letter. Like do not. I, I get it. Oh, don't. Yeah. Don't is do not. Okay. Won't. Shouldn't is should not. Would not is wouldn't. You're right. Won't. I won't. I will not? What's won't? I don't will get it. Will not. I won't. But but will not, if we're going to use the same rules, it should be willn't. Willn't. Yeah, that's too hard to say. So for you um, studies of English... Linguistic people? Linguistic people. Help me understand what won't is. Um, you know what one of my favorite classes of Drake was? Um, no. Link linguistics i loved it sounds horrible it w that's the thing is i thought i'm not gonna like this and i ended up loving it and i took the second class of it too but i don't have the answer did you to sit that in the one. front row i did nerd alert <laughs> i loved linguistics did you sit in the front row at all your classes uh i don't know not all of them most of them nerd alert uh not all of them not freshman year i got i got did it. your sister copy notes from you she did once we had a class together i got an a and she got a b <laughs> 
So we have a new website. It's going to be ready soon. It's not ready yet. And it looks really good. When it is, we're going to make you sign up for it or something. Well, you at least go check it out and you can easily get on our newsletter list, on our podcast list. You can find all of our events. So all the stuff that Todd and I are making you guys go search for, you're going to find it in one place. And I have an adventure retreat coming up on March 7th through March 9th. It's for men only. So it's only for the dudes, um, and it's going to be fun. We're kind of planning it all out right now, but crazy if the guy I, – I have a handful of firm commitments, a lot of maybes, and if the maybes go, I'm almost full. Wow. Which is crazy. That is good. So if you're interested, uh, shoot us an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com, and I will get you some more information. And before that, in uh, December, I'm doing a holiday retreat, which Mm. is about gratitude. In February, Todd and I are doing a couples retreat Mm -hmm. uh, the week before um, Valentine's Day. So it's a fun thing to do together. And these are virtual retreats. You don't have to be anywhere. They're going to be online. So we just have a lot of good stuff coming up. That's right. And our BU girls are graduating. We have BU tomorrow night, but then in two weeks, they're graduating. That's awesome. So our first group of fifth grade girls um, are going to be getting their... What was the name of that flyer that you just put out there for the moms and daughters? It's already filled up. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, I'm doing a workshop called Weight, uh, Body Image, and Self-Compassion. But the language you put... The language on... I put, I said, are um, something like we're teaching our girls that they're the, not good enough. And they're, and and the they're girls believing are it. believing it. Yeah. So that yeah. was pretty good. Thank you. Um, and then just uh, sh- throw us a uh, comment. Uh, no, not a comment. Not a comment. Uh, a, a review, review on, on iTunes. iTunes. That's your call to action. So please help us because uh, it helps uh, grow our show. And share our page. Share our, our message. Yeah. Please. And just enjoy your life because – and do things – Step outside of the box, take some risks, speak your truth, be who you are. That's what this is all about. You don't have to do things for Todd and I. Do it for yourself and it changes the world. It's a domino effect. So, you know, that's what this show is about. And just be cool, man. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it? That's it. Have a great week. Adios. Adios.